You're listening to episode number 25 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dave Datema, one of the general directors for Frontier Ventures. You may recognize Frontier Ventures by its former name, the U.S. Center for World Mission. In this episode, Dave and I talk about the history of the U.S. Center for World Mission, why the recent rebranding to Frontier Ventures, and where they're going in days to come, Lord willing. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. I am uh, sitting here at my desk uh, with a book in my hand that was uh, copyright, uh, it's got a copyright date here, let me see, copyright 1978. Uh, The title of the book is a book that many folks probably are not aware of. It's called Once More Around Jericho. Uh, The subtitle is The Story of the U.S. Center for World Mission, uh, authored by Roberta H. Winter. Uh, If you have been in the world of missions and mission activity for pretty much any time over the past uh, four decades, Uh, You have heard of the name, I am certain, of Ralph Winter, and you have probably uh, heard of the the name, the U.S. Center for World World Mission. And uh, recently, uh, the U.S. Center uh, has gone through a rebranding. They've gone through through uh, through a change, and uh, it is a is a great honor to to have today uh, on Strike the Match, uh, Dave Datema. Uh, Dave is uh, one of three general directors for uh, the organization now known as Frontier Ventures. Uh, Dave uh, took the uh, took the reins as one of the general directors for Frontier Ventures back in 2009, before it uh, came under that name when it was still the U.S. Center for World Missions. And uh, he grew up uh, actually in West Africa and in Jamaica. He is an, or, an ordained uh, Church of the United Brethren pastor. He has uh, his uh, MDiv from Weinbrenner Theological Seminary. And I have been told that he is a Michigan football fan. So for some of you, I'm sure you're excited. And some of you probably have just uh, decided to decline any further subscription to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, the, the truth is out there. Dave, I am so thankful that uh, you've given your time to be with us today. So, so welcome to Strike the Match. Thanks, J.D. It's great to be here. The only other thing I would add uh, that I tell people sometimes is that I raise three divas. Okay. And uh, so that's part of my job as well. Hey, there you go. Very, very good. So a, a dad, a dad as well with, with, with three daughters. I have two uh, and a son, so I, I can I can uh, connect with you at least uh, with, uh, with, with two uh, younger ladies in the, in the household as well. Amen. All right, man. So, so let me ask you this question. Um, I know that the word has been spreading about uh, the name change, and from the U.S. Center uh, for World Mission uh, to Frontier Ventures. And uh, I know that uh, there are some folks that are listening right now to this podcast uh, that uh, they are not aware of this. And so, so let let me let me start just to kind of get that question out of the way uh, up front. You know, why why the name change uh, to Frontier Ventures? I would say there's three reasons, and a couple of them are just really practical things. Um, We kind of had a a branding problem here locally because for a lot of people, U.S. Center for World Mission, it it, it makes you think of a certain place. And we have a 15-acre campus here. Meaning place, meaning specific U.S.? 
Yeah, a specific campus in oh, that oh, camp- sense. Okay, gotcha, so gotcha. you've got this 15-acre campus, and everyone would just refer to it and have referred to it over the years as the center. Where you know, let's go over to the center. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get to that campus, there's one particular building out of about a dozen that actually has a sign that that used to say U.S. Center for World Mission. And um, of course, for people who don't even live in Pasadena or ever come here. Uh, you know, that probably didn't matter so much, but it was locally, there was kind of a, they call it branding architecture, mm-hmm. architecture. How does, how do the different uh, uh, entities of any organization relate to each other? And so that was one thing. Another thing was just things we had heard over the years. Some people have felt that it's, it's kind of arrogant to be, call yourself the U.S. Center for World <laughs> Mission. You know, who do you guys think you are? Um Another practical issue is just the, although we're not a sending agency, uh, we consider ourselves a a service agency to the Frontier Mission movement, Mm -hmm. but we still do some traveling there, especially some of our guys that get out there and and just, you know, visa issues and and writing down what organization do you represent, trying to be a little bit more sensitive to to that whole issue. Mm -hmm. But I think also probably the most compelling issue for us is we're 39 years old right now. Next year will be our 40th. And we, we felt, and, and I think a lot, a lot of organizations feel this, and it's probably the main reason most organizations rebrand, is we felt we wanted to, uh, to rebrand for, for a new generation. You know, mm-hmm. 40 years is a biblical generation, and uh, obviously we're going through some pretty major transition. When you have a guy like Ralph Winter around, and then he's gone, the the guy who started everything and the guy who's famous and everyone knows who he is mm-hmm. well that guy leaves and and so you you're caught in an identity crisis and part of our rebranding was an attempt to uh, re re identify ourselves for that younger generation mm-hmm. and and Ralph uh, Dr Winter he he passed away was it two thousand nine that's correct okay. in May two thousand nine May yeah. two thousand nine. Um, let me before I jump into purpose, kind of asking about purpose for Frontier Ventures. Let, let, let's let's take kind of that that historical journey for a moment uh, to kind of get the the backstory to you know Frontier Ventures 2015. Uh, can can you tell us? Can you give us a background of uh, of these past forty years uh, that has primarily been known as the U.S. Center for World Mission there in Pasadena? What 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 is what's that history there? Absolutely, it's an exciting history, and it really is centered around a Ralph Winter. Um, you know, who, who has a very interesting education. He, he went here to Caltech. Uh, he, he, he went all over the place. He went to Prairie Bible Institute for a while up there in Canada. He went to Westmont for a season. He got his PhD at Cornell. He then got his um, MDiv at Princeton. Very interesting educational mm-hmm. route that he took. And then he goes to Guatemala for 10 years. Uh, and then he joins McGavern and, and Tippett and those guys at, at Fuller at the School of World Mission. Right. And so I think he was, in his words, he was spring-loaded for, for activity. <laughs> and uh, he was really a scholar-activist. And he was even, in my opinion, more of an activist than he was a scholar. And the thing that he got antsy at Fuller because he wanted to do stuff. He wanted to implement things. He was mm-hmm. learning so much. Um, but he was primarily someone that wanted to mobilize. And so he started what became known as the U.S. Center for World Mission back in 1976. And um, it was 
it was his desire to not just study this stuff, not just to teach about it and write about it, but he really was an activist. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all started. He, he kind of uh, spanned the gulf between the academic world and more, you could call it the practitioner world. I think he had a foot in both of those worlds. And so everything he learned at Fuller from those students who at that time all had to have a certain amount of field experience, right. uh, he was able to translate and, and to mobilize. Mm -hmm. So in, if you look at early pictures, uh, we would use these pictures trying to explain ourselves to people of one hand reaching out to the field uh, in which we were attempting to illustrate the idea of gleaning the right uh, ideas, uh, trends, uh, and then there was a hand going back to mobilize. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's really what he did. He was an engineer. He always thought in terms of problems and solutions. And he brought that engineering mindset. What is preventing the gospel from advancing? What are the barriers in the way? And that's just how he went about his task. I always think of him as a, a person in his garage, tinkering in his garage, mm -hmm. and uh, coming up with all sorts of ideas um, and so that's really what we have been. Probably he's no, most well-known for his Lausanne speech for those who are really into right. missions. But on a, on a more national level, level, I would say he's probably most known because of our perspectives course mm -hmm. that uh, many people take. And he's got a lot of articles in there that are really classic articles uh, of his. And so um, Perspectives is just one example of things that he started to meet a specific need. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it's been uh, quite a ride the, these 40 years. And uh, so when you ask, you know, tell us about the last 40 years, it's a lot about Ralph Winter, but it's also a lot about the people that came alongside him because he wouldn't have been able to do anything, of course, without people alongside. And so um, I think it's a story pretty easy for anyone listening to understand uh, it happens all the time someone has a great vision and idea other people come along and work together to accomplish some some pretty cool things you know you mentioned um, the pers perspectives course I know many of our listeners um, are members of churches that are out there and, and they're they're familiar with perspectives on the world Christian movement and um, and you you made a comment in passing about his Lausanne speech. Uh, so so just to kind of put put that into context uh, for those of you guys that are out there listening um, right now, if you are familiar with the phrase unreached people groups, um, that that whole idea. I know that you guys have heard this before. Unreached people groups uh, across the world, and, and we're now uh, more and more talking about unreached people groups even in North America. Uh, that came out of uh, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a presentation that Dave just mentioned. In 1974, in Lausanne, Switzerland, where where Winter uh, was speaking to to a, a group of people at a, at a Congress on World Evangelization, where he talked about the hidden peoples, uh, the peoples that were across the world that uh, we were not seeing, uh, so to speak, and it was going to require cross cultural missionary activities, and that that became known as unreached people groups uh, for our discussion uh, today, and, and, and many agencies have embraced that and moved forward. R Winter had just enormous impact on a lot of different areas of, 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 of life and missiology and thought, not just in the U.S., but also on a global scale. Um, Dave, just a personal story um, uh, with Dr. Winter. Um, I've been involved uh, with the Evangelical Missiological Society for, for many, many years, and um, 
I remember one time uh, speaking with him uh, at at, a, at an EMS meeting, and uh, I was in the process of, of writing my my book, uh, Discovering Church Planting, that uh, was was published in two thousand and nine, and um, and and after I had had you know touched base with him while I was at uh, this meeting, uh, I sent him an email, and by that time, um, um, you know, he had been you know it had been made public, you know, about his health condition that he was. Um, uh, was 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 ill. Um, I believe it was it um, was it leukemia that he had that he he had uh, multiple myeloma. There you go. That's right. And um, and I I was communicating by email and I I asked him if he would consider reading a draft of the book and, and actually consider writing an endorsement for it. And he and he said he would. And so I sent him the uh, you know electronic copy and and, and he read it and, and sent back in in February of two thousand and nine this very gracious uh, endorsement for the book. It was a few years after that because Dr. Winter, you know, he passed away in 2009, and uh, I was speaking to his wife at a, at a another annual Evangelical Missiological Society uh, meeting, and I was just telling her how much I appreciated his endorsement, how, how, how much of a blessing it was to me. Um, and I told her, I said, she said, she said, he wrote that in 2009. She, I said, yes. And she said, she said, um, when I mentioned February and she said, you know, he was probably in the hospital going through, um, you know, times of treatment, things of that nature when he was reading and writing that. And so, I, you know, to me, that just left, I didn't know him personally or, you know, personally like you, you did, but that just left a, an incredible impression on me about a man who, who even up until the, the end of his life and going through, you know, in the hospital was still endorsing and encouraging things for kingdom purposes was that was he like that all the time you know the stories abound we have a guy uh, one of my colleagues greg parsons who's going around just filming uh, people's rough winners stories because uh-huh. everyone has one yeah and sometimes they're heartwarming sometimes they're funny i mean they're all kinds of things but he he was just a very unique person he, he was incredibly intelligent um but he also was incredibly uh humble and mm-hmm. he, I was just reading a, a chapter of his he wrote where he was talking about the history of that concept of unreached peoples. And even the concept hidden peoples, yeah, he, he repeated like three times in the same chapter that it wasn't his idea. It came, it came from a member named Robert Coleman. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's just, he just did that kind of mm-hmm. thing. He always uh, gave credit where credit was due. But yeah, he was a, a very unique guy, a very fun guy to be around, um, a voracious reader and a systematizer, mm. uh, integrator of all kinds of disparate information. Mm. He would read very, very widely. So, so it just made him a very unique person. So let me ask you now, kind of get some of the historical background. Um, tell us about the purpose. What, what it, why does Frontier Ventures exist? Well, our, our simple, if you go to the website, the first thing you're going to see is uh, it'll say Catalyzing Kingdom Breakthrough. And um, what we mean by that is uh, we would say that our purpose has not changed post-winter. It was always about trying to influence the, especially the frontier mission part of the, the mission industry. You know, the mission industry, the mission enterprise is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, our particular slice is really what we call frontier mission and taking the gospel where it hasn't gone before, unreached peoples, that sort of thing. And we've always wanted to influence the frontier mission movement. We consider ourselves part of that movement, just a part 
Uh, we really admire the colleagues we have, the, the different organizations that share this uh, passion and calling. It goes far beyond us, of course. And uh, we, we're concerned with uh, catalyzing breakthrough. So obviously, in this day and age, we're aware that there are real significant barriers to the advance of the gospel. And so we're trying to champion ideas, uh, insights, initiatives that we think are, are going to make a difference out there. And um, that's really the challenge. And we've done most of that through historically and presently through mobilization and training. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we mobilize through various means and we train through various means. Um, another piece of that that's newer is just the, you know, this campus here and working together with other organizations, uh, like-minded organizations that have a frontier mission focus, but who represent, in some cases, different streams and uh, just different uh, focal points of the kind of training they offer. And so uh, that's what we're going to continue to do. The biggest struggle I think we're having post-winter is how to do this uh, with him gone. Because he would basically say, hey, I think we should do this. And everyone would say, okay, great, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, if I say, hey, we should do this, the response I get is, why? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so um, we, we've, we want to do the same kinds of things uh, that we've always done, but we realize we have to change how we do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're in the very beginning phases of putting together what we're going to call the Ralph D. Winter Launch Lab, which is uh, basically a, a process and a system by which we can uh, glean information from the field, from those field practitioners. Mm. Um, and a lot of times we just want to be a voice. We want to be a champion of other people's ideas. A lot of what Dr. Winter uh, focused on was other people's ideas. Mm -hmm. And we want to continue to do that. And sometimes we want to do even more than champion ideas. We, we feel like some ideas are worth starting an organization around, mm -hmm. which is really how Perspective started. 1973, Urbana, there was a huge spike in people signing the cards saying they wanted to be missionaries. And it was that single event, seeing that spike, that led to Perspectives because Dr. Mm -hmm. Winter said, look, those young people are going to run into a wall when they get over there. We need to develop something. Mm -hmm. And again, here you see this uh, activist piece in, in, uh, in full gear mm -hmm. where he just hears that there's this spike and boom, he wants to do something about it. And Perspectives was born out of the desire to provide training for those students at Urbana in 1973. So um, anyway... We, we want to do that again, incubate new things and new projects, uh, new organizations. If uh, you guys are listening and want to find out some more information about Frontier Ventures, uh, the uh, periodical, if you're not subscribing to it, you need to. It's called Mission Frontiers. Uh, the March-April 2015 issue, it's issue, volume number 37. Mission Frontiers. Uh, the the edition is dedicated to uh, Frontier Ventures, and so I would encourage you to to uh, check it out. Uh, it says here on the cover, new name, new look, same heart for the unreached. And so Mission Frontiers, take a look at that, guys. Hey, Dave, um, where can we find you online? How can we get in touch with uh, with Frontier Ventures? Yeah, it's pretty simple. FrontierVentures.org. 
And um, one thing we like most about the, the new site is it, it works great if you're on a computer or a tablet or a phone, even a phone. It really, it really works good, and you, uh, you, know, you don't have really, really tiny uh, text that mm-hmm. you're trying to read. Um, but that's the best place to start. And um, as you know, J.D., we've, like many organizations, there's a lot more than you realize uh, once you get under the skin of any organization. Mm-hmm. So we have a lots of subsidiaries. Uh, we have a family of ministries page that kind of just points out the various ministries that we do have um, and lots of ways to connect. Do you have a social media presence out there people can track you we're, down? We're getting better at it. Um, <laughs> it's something that... No, I mean, you, you, I mean know, you personally, you, you as an individual. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a... Uh, I would say I'm not very good, JD. <laughs> I've I've got to learn from you. I mean, I I kind of go in spurts. Uh-huh. So people follow me for a while, and then they wonder where I went because uh, you know I, I guess I I need the the discipline to to keep at it. Right. I do have a Twitter a Twitter account. Yeah, what's that? Give that to us. It's uh, David Earl Datema. D a v i d. Yeah. E a r a r l. E a r l. Datema. D a t. E-M-A. D-A-T-E-M-A. All right. right. So there you go. So there, there's a Twitter handle for Dave Datema, for those of you guys that are out there. Definitely check out FrontierVentures.org. Uh, I really like the redesign of their website. It's very cool. Uh, it's very user-friendly. And uh, I am uh, looking forward to what uh, the Lord will continue to do uh, through uh, Frontier Ventures in days to come. Dave, thanks so much uh, for being uh, with us today on Strike the Match. Hey, it's great to be with you, J.D., and uh, God's blessings on this this new uh, podcast adventure. I think it's awesome. Thanks, brother. Take care. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.